magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 583. And I'm going to remember to thank our patrons at the beginning of the podcast this week. Thank you patrons on Patreon uh, for keeping our site going, keeping this podcast going 10 plus years strong. More than that now, right? We're like 14 years or something. I'm like that, yeah. 2010 or 11, I think we rebooted, so... Uh, wow, that's weird. Uh, we have a, a teenage son and it's a podcast, but anyway, thank you, patrons. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Tetricade if you would like to join in on that and help keep this rickety ship afloat. Um, so anyway, uh, look at this premium, a, a premium toy, <laughs> premium fidget toy that Lindsay got for her for birthday. Ooh. Oh yeah, happy belated. Your birthday was not yesterday because yesterday was leap day. Do you ever wish you were born on leap day? Um, no, because I feel like that'd be really annoying. I know I know I have a friend that was born on leap day and it's everyone. Mm. Uh, I imagine the joke got old uh about 35 years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm only 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, only eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even what year were you born? 83? 83. Mm. I don't think that was a leap year, right? It has to be an even year. No, Unless... I think 84 was the leap year. Mm-hmm. Just missed it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Happy happy birthday <clears throat> to you. Um, Look at this this premium, the premium spin. How do you like that? I'm mesmerized by that, to be honest. <clears throat> it's pretty good. As far you know what I've, I've, I've come across... Um, man like fidget toys that are like that but they're like um they're like two slabs held together by different various magnets and so you mm-hmm. can like move them and they kind of like click into place on each magnet so you can like you flip them around like this and you can flip them back and forth and you can do whatever um and i'm like oh that's kind of cool like what are you know what do those things cost and it's like oh, 200 dollars for a titanium one it's like <laughs> that's 400 like... for a zirconium one or whatever and you're just like what yeah no, it's like it's the... not that cool Fidget toys in like the ten to twenty dollar range are yeah. like all shitty. Well, I, uh, but then it's I mean, wild how quick they like scale up in price. Like like the tungsten cube bullshit. Yeah, have you ever been exposed to that? The tungsten cube, yeah, 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 yeah. like wildly expensive. I I got this. Do you remember where we got these? This was from a conference of something that says I N A P on it. INAP Cloud is, Network. Um, is that the smart fidget spinner? I came no. across that in my basement a while ago. Really? So we, at one year at GDC, we were, was that when we got free when we went to the Tizen thing or is that a different, different I thing? Whatever GDC where they had like the overflow. Oh, it was like they had the like regular expo center. Yeah. And then like, if you walked like four blocks to another hotel, it was like the D list expo center. Total D list. Yeah. And that's where all the mobile games were, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was a booth where they were selling smart fidget spinners. It was like right at the peak 
or maybe just past the peak actually because this thing never took off where just beyond where fidget spinners were like the coolest thing in the world and you can get them at every gas station ever and um yeah these people came along and there was one you could like connect to an app and you could change the colors of it or something i don't even know it was that. it was like a smart bluetooth thing so you could um like the base app would just show you like stats it pulls off the fidget spinner how like many times your, it rotated yeah like how many times it <laughs> rotated what your rpm is what maximum speed oh, was rpm like, yeah um but their whole thing was like oh and this is a totally open api so anyone can make games using this and use this fidget oh, spinner as a controller right. remember uh-huh and of course, no one ever did. Nobody like, did that. But man, would you? what an untapped market. You could have a, <laughs> a a start an old propeller on an old prop plane simulator. And that would be that <laughs> yeah. would be perfect. I mean, it was kind of crazy, like how quickly fidget spinners hit and how quickly they were just <laughs> gone. Right. Yeah. This, I don't know if you can hear it on the mic. This thing is I like that. I never play with it. This. this is in my drawer for I don't know this, why. Dude, this premium fidget awesome. spinner, it goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that premium one's pretty cool um i hope you can't hear this on the microphone because i'm gonna play with this the rest of the show um, oh, i'm usually i'm usually playing with something dumb i clean my desk off so i all my uh usual fidget toys are no usual toys i my favorite one is the we'll probably find it on amazon pretty easy this this is the cheapy uh it's the one that looks like a cube and mm, with uh, the button on one side and the clicker on no, the other no, side. No, it's, it oh. looks like a, a, a little four by four Rubik's cube and it like folds out on itself and then around and back in on itself. Ooh. That, uh, hmm. yeah, just search Amazon for fidget cube. It's the, there's a million cube. of them. And I, I, I have, only want it if it costs $400. No, these are cheap. They're like, the one I have is eight bucks. Oh. Infinity Cube Sensory Fidget Toy EDC Fidgeting Game for Kids and Adults. <laughs> cool mini gadget, best for stress relief, anxiety relief, and kill time. Unique idea. I that that's is seriously the light whole title. On the fingers and hands. Yeah, search exactly for that, and you'll find the one I have. Word for word, or you might get the wrong one. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, my favorite fidget toys are knives, actually, which is. Uh, <clears throat> Probably something I, I should stop. I just have I've never been able to get more of. Uh oh, so the, the one that the one that I have, if you want this new one that Lindsay got me for her birthday is pure yeah. brass fidget cube, fidget spinner, gears linkage, fidget toy, hand spinner, metal, DIY, EDC, focus, <laughs> meditation, break bad habits, ADHD, brass. That's, <laughs> that's the one I have. Eighteen ninety nine. Oh, so well, search exactly for that and you'll find it. I'm just going to go a brass gear fidget spinner. Let's see if it comes up with the right one. 1899 you say? Yeah, it's by the, the overall pick one. Is it the overall pick? Bit op b store b i t o p b i. I think this this looks That's exactly it. like what I have. Bit bit up bit up b. Oh geez. 1899 it could be delivered tomorrow if I order in 11 hours and 23 minutes. There you go. Well, I have all day to think about it then, I guess. But I, I've seen. Um, I, do you recommend I, it? That yeah, that's what I need to know. It's pretty nice. I mean, it's as far. I as... I just uh, have rediscovered my fidget toy that I already have, though my spinner. So, do I need another well, one? I mean, yeah, I think this one has do. some serious spins. I uh, am just glad that I never got into the like bespoke top. Uh, yeah. World. <laughs> I got a little weird with um yo-yo stuff because uh, man, my buddy, um sold me this yo-yo for 20 bucks and i was just like cool yo-yo that might be fun 
And it was from this company called Custom Yo-Yo that used to be in Arizona, and they machine them out of aluminum. And so I got it, and I was like, oh, my God, this thing is, like, gorgeous. It's, like, super smooth and just, like, a nice machine thing, like many of these fidget toys are, too. Um, and it was, like, fun having a yo-yo. The kids got to kick it out of it, out of it and stuff, too. Um, and so I, like, looked up on eBay, and it's, like, a few people have them, and they're, like, all, like, $20, even though this company went out of business a long time ago. Mm. Um, and I'm, like, so I've, I bought a couple others since then just to try and, you know, collect all the different models and colors and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm... I'm kind of into these yo-yo things as a well, dumb so thing I'm, to collect. I'm trying to find the top site that, uh, so I'm looking at foreverspin.com and these uh -huh. only go up to $296. Oh, boo. But I definitely, I feel like it was like right around the time that Inception came out, remember? And everyone was like all about <laughs> the tops because of the, uh -huh. the totem from the movie uh -huh. where it was like ultra, super duper precision cnc polished yeah. top that was like yeah. just unfathomably expensive yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe that's, maybe um, that's not a thing pretty wild. anymore I can't, I can't find what i was I'll looking have, for <laughs> i just thought of something that will tickle you for sure uh i gotta find it though um no this guy that makes like backspacers and other accessories for your knife um oh. out of out of <laughs> titanium and other high-end metals um also makes a drinking vessel <laughs> okay and it's like machined i think it's machined out of one giant glob of uh titanium or something like that um oh and then a stainless steel bottom so it's giant it's oh it's on sale it's normally 750 dollars. it's only what? 675 what is this thing that you're talking about when i need to search for it's it a more. drinking vessel do you not want to drink out of a titanium vessel titanium drinking vessel <laughs> titanium drinking vessel um yeah i uh i if i ever become bougie baller i will i'll Jekyll buy to hide design Jekyll to hide designs this is just a cup it's a vessel and it's for drinking things out of it's for it's a vessel for drinking the and um the photos are bad too for something that expensive oh, or you, you could get a copper one those are more expensive a copper copper bottom the the vessel itself is made out of titanium why is everything um, on this website so expensive because it's like one guy in his garage that machines it all but um huh. yeah his these it and it's all always always out of stock all this stuff is like constantly out of stock so if you want anything i mean the vessels are readily available but uh if you want well, like backspacers or whatever you gotta like sign up and get an email when they're in and then like jump on it but, sorry uh, but i only buy chinese junk on amazon titled with 600 words the maximum character counts we should yeah. <laughs> that's true maybe um, if this was was premium titanium vessel diy fidget uh best Helps, helps drinking water holder more better <laughs> then i might be interested but just the jekyll vessel uh, yeah. so this is funny. um really quality conversation and if you weren't a <clears throat> patreon before surely you've signed up now after listening to us talk about fidget toys and drinking vessels why well, can i can have premium tops relevant to talk about what? um I've I've been I think I've capped out on Balatro. Is that how we we decided? I we... Balatro sounds fine to me. Um, have you fucked with this at all? 
I did, but I only I played it for like an hour and was like, this is incredible, but haven't gone back. And then I saw your critiques well, and was like, I could see that happening. Yeah, so I, I guess to, uh, now I can I can explain this game a little bit better after spending a considerable amount of time in it. Which is an awesome I, concept for a game. Yeah. So it's like you, um, it's like the basis. I feel like people were comparing it to like card war, but it's, it's like closer to like poker. Um, mm, yeah. So it's like you, uh, how many cards do you get? Like seven, you could draw seven, maybe or eight. I don't I think it's that. more than that. Yeah. Nine, maybe. I think it's nine. I don't remember, but uh -huh. either way, a, a few more cards on a full poker hand of five. Right. Yeah. And what, so your limiting factors as you're playing, are you need to hit a certain score threshold to beat that particular level and mm -hmm. the scoring system is kind of complicated it'd be real hard to explain like but but each but basically like each poker hand has a different score uh, multiplier that then totals the value of the cards themselves and the value of yeah. the cards plus the uh multiplier of the hand itself is how you like get the score so, so and the indiv for... individual card values are typically face value so like the face cards are tens and then eight nine nine eight, seven, oh eight, yeah, nine. yeah 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 and then ace so, is 11 i think or whatever yeah but... yeah so so if you had I, I, I might be incorrect on this but like so say you just have like a pair of aces right so aces mm -hmm. it's scored 10 i think a pair is times two so it will be your total points would be 40 on that i think because it Something adds like that. the yeah adds the point value of the card and then multiplies it by the multiplier. Yeah. So but if that so was the, a full house or a four of a kind or something, your multiplier is way higher. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, your, your limiting factors and to attain the, the maximum score are, um, and, and these things are all fluid based on like, which, uh, like hardback you select, mm -hmm. um, which kind of acts as like a permanent sort of, um, permanent passive effect on what you're doing in the game. But, um, so, so, you know, assuming no, no weird mutators or anything like that, the way it works is say you get like four hands and four discards, I think is the base amount. Does that sound mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Four um, hands, four discards, I think. Yeah. So, so you, you can discard four times and that could be, I believe you can discard your entire hand if you wanted to, but you can, I haven't can tried do, to, but you probably could. Yeah. You can do the discard action four times so so that yeah. could be one card two cards three cards four cards like just you know you can just go nuts discarding and so the the basic strategy at the at the highest level would be okay so i have uh say it's like i feel like it's a hand of eight maybe or, or nine i don't remember but like so say let's let's say eight so so you have uh four hearts and then four random other suits you would you would potentially discard those four other random suits to then get mm -hmm. uh, a full hand of of hearts, which is what that's a flush, right? I don't know the name of poker mm -hmm. hands. All um, hearts would be flush. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 like that's and that's kind of the strategy, right? So then you would yeah. you would turn in that flush and you would draw five new cards, mm -hmm. and then this is this is kind of like where the strategy of the game comes in is like you don't really want to back yourself into a corner with. Um, like I mean, you you want hands that are high point value, so you want to use as many of your cards as possible. You gotta kind of think ahead with like what you're gonna do on the discarding thing, because like if you don't, um, if you don't plan this carefully, you'll end up with like not enough discards and then no no hands to make like a or no cards to make a good hand. Yeah, and then you're not gonna be able to get the 
the point total. You um, can't go chasing something too hard. Yeah. But but so what what so what makes this really interesting though is that the um <laughs> the uh there's there's a few different uh things that kind of mix up this whole formula where you can without any like different you know power ups or mutators you can have up to five jokers mm -hmm. and your jokers you I think you can only get them through the in game store is that correct where like but you, every yeah. round every round you beat you you get uh, like a little bit of funny funny money in the game and then you can go back to the store and the store rotates between antes i think between every three rounds the store rotates or does it rotate every game i don't remember it mm. it rotates on some some uh or, or you can pay to reroll the store too yeah. so i think it is after every hand or every ante but i don't maybe it's after every boss fight but yeah yeah you but, get like you could buy like booster packs of random cards or you could buy specific cars that are available yeah like yeah so game. so like the the base like the, like so a, a simple joker might be like uh plus four multiplier to spades so if you mm -hmm. use if you make any hand that uses spades each of those cards then get a 4x multiplier added to them mm -hmm. and then um you know the, so there's and it's it i mean there's 150 of these different jokers so it's like very <laughs> difficult to kind of explain like a lot of strategy surrounding this but like you'll come across ones that like clearly play off each other yeah and um you know as as a result like you'll get in these situations where it's like okay well my my jokers and everything are built in a way where like i only want to do two pairs because like yeah. i've got um you know two pairs with like clubs or something like that is like my major score yeah so like as you play you'd be specifically discarding to be able to uh hit on two pairs reliably yeah across your different hands to hit the score threshold basically yeah um and then there's like uh everything else in the game can be powered up or modified in some way through these different uh, with their tarot cards uh that modify your deck are can cards modify the cards themselves like to give them multipliers or something right and then the yeah. planet cards uh soup up the actual score that you earn for each particular type of hand mm -hmm. um so there's just like there's a lot of flexibility with like how you um kind of like can approach beating the game because like you can um you know go all out with say for instance like using the tarot cards to like mm -hmm. thin your deck to to try to get rid of uh cards of a particular suit or um what i was reading on reddit people do uh is like get rid of aces and twos to kind of like try to compact your suits so the straights are easier to get mm -hmm. um and there's like a ton of stuff like that. i mean it is it is it is kind of wild once you start playing it like you, you realize like holy shit like there are so many ways that you could kind of like approach well, when you start you... stacking all the different effects and multipliers and stuff like that um, to where you just get this hand and you the score just starts racking up and it's very yeah. satisfying to be like, it's oh, my God, extremely like, satisfying. Yeah. And and then you'll you'll your score threshold to beat the level might be super high. But then this one hand that you had can all of a sudden like get you two thirds of the way there. And you're just like, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah. But it's yeah. all of the different like stacking multipliers and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I had uh, like one very lucky run where like I got two jokers like basically off the jump that um, kind of like multiplied off of each other. 
And yeah. it was like like the first three or four rounds, like I didn't do shit other than like like play a pair or something like that. Yeah. And it would just like <laughs> score so much. It was crazy. Well, um, I also I played through, I guess, um four or five rounds or something like that, where I was just like, okay, this is cool, but like it's easy. And then I hit a spot where it was like, oh, like I very quickly got my ass right. handed to me. So so you're you're hitting on what is my primary complaint of the game, and that like um it reminds me a lot, and, and this is a very typical roguelike problem, I feel like, where it um you will have already lost the game like way before you actually lose. Yeah, you know um, it's just not gonna work out. So what's the motivation to keep going? <laughs> yeah, it, it puts you in kind of a tricky spot because like when I when I was like super super duper into playing FTL, um, which is another outstanding game that everyone should play, um you kind of realize like what you need fairly early in the game to be able to kind of like have the tools necessary to like get further into the game, mm -hmm. you know, where, where it's like, if you're in, in Baltro is very similar to this, where it's like, if you're struggling on like the second uh, boss fight, mm -hmm. like you might as well just start over mm -hmm. because like it's, it, you, you rapidly reach a point where like, you can maybe recover uh, mm -hmm. to sort of like be on curve because each round you play the the point total gets higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So like you 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 need to be constantly tweaking out your deck and your jokers and everything else to to stay ahead of that curve. But once you fall behind, it's very 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 difficult to kind of like catch back up because then you're sort of starved with money. So you know if there's something cool in the shop, you might not be able to buy it and all this other yeah. stuff. Um. I don't know. It's, it's I, I texted Keppa about this because like I, I remember talking to him a lot about sort of the a lot of the design motivation that went into Death Road to Canada mm -hmm. and how hard they tried to solve this problem where it's like mm -hmm. they didn't want to they wanted to make a roguelike game, but not not have it fall into kind of like the pit that FTL does where it's like, oh, you're on your third jump and you don't have a scrap collector arm, like you might as well just start over because like yeah. you're not just you're not going to be able to even though you yeah. think you're doing good now, like you are going to fall behind and you can't catch up kind of thing, you know. So why waste your time? <laughs> yeah. And in the tricky part is, you know, like and you know, this is going to sound like crazy complaints, but I mean, I've played this game for like hours and hours and hours and hours to hit this point. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. so I'm kind of at the point now where in order to progress further on like my you know, unlocks and getting deeper into the uh, amount of rounds that you need to get to get past like, you know, round 10 or whatever, or mm -hmm. anti 10 or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Like I need like a pretty perfect run, you know, mm -hmm. to, and, and so it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of weird how a lot of roguelike games hit this point where it's just like, all right, well, I mm -hmm. guess I'm just going to like play the first two antis and just kind of keep restarting until it looks like this might be, yeah something that i can get to the you know the next level on yeah um which is just sort of weird hmm. but yeah i, I mean, haven't I played can, enough to hit that point i can tell um, you on my steam deck the amount of but hours i do I've know to... i know the problem you're talking about it's a, it's a problem like arcade high score games have too where you're like mm -hmm. you hit this incredible high score but everything went so flawlessly for you that if you don't have another run that's that perfect you have like zero motivation to keep going yeah, so I have 58 hours into this game right now. Damn. So, like, so like these complaints are, are nonsense, basically, yeah. you know, because it's like it's like when you when you hit that level, it's like you need 
that it, it kind of reminds me did you ever watch the um the documentary that was floating around surrounding like the guy trying to the the people trying to beat the world record of punch out Mm-mm. Well, so they they put together this like pretty interesting graph to track the different runs because like mm-hmm. so what's so interesting about Punch Out is the the game has so much inherent randomness to it mm-hmm. that like um and, and they they've come up with a, a, a couple ways to sort of like defray a little bit of the randomness but there's there's a lot that can just go wrong right mm-hmm. and so a lot of this documentary is just like uh a kind of testament to the persistence of people to just like continue rolling the dice mm-hmm. until they get like the perfect run mm-hmm. as far as like a randomness uh you know aspect is concerned mm-hmm. you know because like you eventually get so good that it's like the execution is is not really a thing anymore you know like yeah, yeah like yeah. you know the game like the back of your hand and you're basically just like going through to get like the good pattern on all the fights yeah. And that's what makes the world record, right? So yeah. a lot of these roguelikes, to me, once you sort of like hit the end of them, it's very similar. It's, it's hard to hmm. kind of summon the motivation to keep going. But, but again, I'm fucking, like, almost 60 hours in a game, it's like $15. Right. I watched a very similar video. I think I posted it in, on Discord. There was um, about the, the guy that made the, that found the Tetris kill screen, oh, the yeah, real yeah. Tetris kill screen or whatever. Yeah. And like the world of Tetris, competitive Tetris is wild. But like mm-hmm. that game is the same way. And I think a lot of old games are like this. You'd see it with like the King of Kong stuff or whatever too, um, where it's just the technology allowed for these things that the developers never imagined people would be coming across or worrying about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in this day and age, people like, you know, rely on the weird bugs happening in the right order and things like that. And like, for you to get to a part where you can actually completely like stop the game and lock it up yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but those Tetris people are crazy. <clears throat> like I can't imagine having to play Tetris like that, that fast and stuff like that. And it's the same thing with like, or like the Mario speedrunners, um, where you can, you need like certain little glitches to go exactly right. You have to have a certain jump go exactly right. And sometimes it takes you 10 minutes to get to that part that you have to do perfectly and if you screw it up you got to start over again it's another 10 minutes and then you do that a hundred times you know what i mean like it's just uh there really is something to be said about like the perseverance of people that want to like chase stuff like that um it's pretty awesome but uh i need to spend more time with that game i really like it a lot balatro um yeah it's it's really good and it is irritating that it's not on mobile because it does (laughs) like I, what I was, I don't remember who I was talking to you about this, but I, I was like linking it to a few different friends of mine that like to, yeah. ch- to t- tell them to check it out. And I was like, dude, you know, if this, if this was 2010, like this game would have launched on the app store and made a few million bucks. Cause it would be like yeah. the flavor of the oh, week yeah. for like, Oh yeah. You know, like a, a couple of weeks, it would be like the, um, like another 10 million or something like that. You yeah. know, where it's just like this fucking random ass game that comes out of the blue, like everyone on earth is playing for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it like I don't know how much time I want to invest burning myself out on the Steam Deck version if a mobile version does come out because then I'll be like oh I don't know if I want to play this again but it's the perfect like I'm doing something else while playing this game like I'm watching yeah. TV or I'm listening to a podcast or doing something yeah, there's, else there's no time urgency to anything it's yeah. just you, know, you can put it down whatever I mean honestly like the 60 hours that I have in it is probably there's a good 10 of that whereas my steam deck just like sitting on my coffee table probably you know like, hey, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah um, I um I I would love to have that on my phone as something to just mindlessly spend my time doing while like watching tv or something 
um, which is not as easily done when I play Steam Deck. I like to play Steam Deck and focus on Steam Deck. Um, so yeah, I really do hope it comes to mobile, which it might. I mean, there's rumors. There's some I would talk. be surprised. I would be surprised if it doesn't. But I think well, they're... the only reason I could think it would not is if it it the flavor of the week runs out too quickly. Which um, I already see, like I haven't seen people talking about it in the last few days. I don't know what the, if people are still playing it or what. Probably. But yeah. um, there definitely was a few days where it was like uh, all it was talking about was that game. So, um, well, let's see how, how many worth, uh, the, worth the, the price on Steam Deck, though, for sure. And I, yeah, and I mean, it, it's on Switch it has, too, right? It has almost 11,000 overwhelmingly positive reviews. So, like, yeah. these guys are doing pretty good. Regardless, yeah. you know, like that's I'm sure they're not worried about not being able to sell a 99 cent version <clears throat> on phones or whatever, right, but right. it would be rad to have it on a phone. Just saying. Um, but yeah, it is on Switch. So buy it on Switch, buy it on Steam, whatever. Worth playing, even with its faults. And it's a new game. So it could be, you know, they could come out with a patch where it's like, hey, we've rejiggered a bunch of stuff yeah, to what, prevent what I was, this sort of fatigue from coming in. What I was thinking would be really cool is like when you um get deep enough in the game if you could like save a joker or something like that in between mm -hmm. runs because like that's mm. that's honestly the painful part is like knowing like shit if i can just like stream together like these three things mm -hmm. i will have like a lot of what i need to like really go off on this game yeah but it's just like a lot of just like refreshing the store looking for yeah you know other stuff and um, yeah it is it is what it yeah. is yeah it's fine really cool game though i like it a lot yeah um so one thing that I, I wanted to bring to your attention as someone that likes buying dumb bullshit. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I did like this to you. The, the, the funny play or funny playing rather the oh, Game Boy yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, FPGA mod setup. Yeah. So it's like a, a F, FPGA board that you can drop into an old Game Boy housing, basically. Well, I think you need their specific shell because like it's got a USB-C um, port and a funny screen and like all this uh -huh. other stuff. Right. But like uh -huh. um, you can get the um, <clears throat> so if you're interested in this, it's funnyplaying.com mm -hmm. and it's just called the FPGBC oh, oh. kit. Okay, they sell all their own housing. Okay, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, so you basically buy... So the kit right now is on sale for 70 bucks, mm -hmm. And then the housings are like $10. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so like $80 plus shipping all in. And you've got... Well, you got to buy buttons. Oh, yeah, sure. So I don't know what, probably like 100... Well, the buttons are cheap. The buttons are yeah. 2 bucks. And you can get them from a bunch of places too. But yeah, um, let's say 100 bucks to get yeah, everything. Yeah, 100 bucks all in, right? Um, and what's kind of interesting is like this is this seems fairly comparable to the analog pocket. Oh. Um, uh, if you are only really care about playing Game Boy stuff, yeah, because what I couldn't figure out <clears throat> from this is like how if it works with other cores and stuff, I guess you don't have trigger buttons, so you'd be hard pressed mm. to play very much yeah. outside of, yeah, um, Game Boy stuff, but but either way, um. <clears throat> very very cool to have um like this sort of like fpga stuff yeah um floating around for so cheap yeah because like fuck i want I, I want i want last time i wanted to buy a mr kit uh let's mm -hmm. see how much they are now it was like just well they're oh they're about 250 bucks now mm -hmm. so that's a lot cheaper than um uh, but oh no, wait, no, they're 500 bucks still. Never mind. 
uh, <laughs> which is a lot. Like I, it's yeah. very hard to rationalize, but like, it's, this makes you wonder um, <clears throat> if that whole market is softening a little bit. Like I was real surprised yeah. uh, how cheap this thing is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, don't, I imagine for somebody that wanted a Game Boy style thing, a lot of them have gotten pockets, right? Especially because they're sort of like in stockish now. Oh, I guess, well, the black one's out of stock, but you know, they're way more readily available now. Um, so maybe yeah, although I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, at the same time I was like, Oh, this is cool. But then like you could just get a Mew or something like that, that yeah. the software emulation that I, I don't know see. how important that, you know, perfect emulation is or running on simulated hardware is or whatever. Um, for somebody yeah, like for Game Boy, yeah, I don't for somebody like us that just wants a bunch of games on a pocket thing or whatever. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the sixty dollar meal. Yeah, I, I think there's okay. there's a certain amount of like you need to appreciate the kind of like hardware emulation yeah layer or have for, a huge for, cartridge for collection. Yeah, that, which is that the same too. same for the analog pocket too. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know though that pocket screen is still. I get tempted by it sometimes, but I don't. I don't think I can buy one. Um, yeah. But you do lead us into something I want to talk about this week, all the MiU Mini stuff that happened because um, version 4.3 software update came out, and that is the one that officially added Nintendo DS support and um, the Pico 8 wrapper support. Well, so and now this is like a non-beta release, right? Like if you this were is the on stable, the beta... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, out okay. there. Um, and so, because <clears throat> I hadn't gone... I hadn't messed with it because um, I just figured I didn't have the time to, but you've been able to add these to your MiU for a while if you're running the beta. Um, yeah, it, it was what's not hard to set up. I mean, you know, yeah, the, no, it's these... it's super easy. And like, you know, it it it's just as simple as adding your other game systems and stuff like that for the most part. But um, so I did. I just told myself once it comes out on the official firmware, I'll, I'll bother messing with it. And it did take like a good chunk of a day to kind of sort through everything um partly because i needed to well so for the the ds stuff um you know there's a few people out there that have made lists or even download packages of of like the ds games that are good on yeah, that's, that's just what i was looking for um, that list of because you're gonna be kind of hosed if you have a ds game that requires <clears throat> a lot of touchscreen input um you can simulate touchscreen input with the miu um, by using like a little cursor um, that you move with the D-pad, like that is not going to work for something like Elite Beat Agents or, you know, games like that. So, um, but there's still, I think in my library, I ended up with like 115 or something games that are not so reliant on touch stuff for the most part. Um, and then the hotkeys on the the Drastic emulator, which is the DS emulator that runs on the Miu, um, all the hotkeys make everything super easy. So you can swap between screens when you really need to, if you need to. Um, but for the most part, you want to try and stick to games that don't need the other screen or like the other screen is only a map, full-time map or something like that, which there's a lot of DS games that are like that. Um, yeah, so if you if you go to the Miu Mini subreddit and you search for just DS list, mm -hmm, yeah, um, <clears throat> there's a guy, the, the thread title is I tried 100 plus NDS games and made yeah, a list yeah, yeah. of what you can run and play today. And this yeah, has a list. I think list. I used that guy's list. Well, so this has a list with a Google spreadsheet where he kind of like color codes them between like, you know, comfortable, uh, playable, yeah. technically playable, unplayable, and can't be finished. Yeah. 
Um, that which, guy like, doing God's work. Diddy Kong Racing DS is an example that like like can't be finished because it requires gestures. Yeah, you can't yeah, do. yeah. Or Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story requires a mic. You know that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which um, it's funny because like on um. You know, if you if you use this emulator on other systems, there's a lot of things that will simulate like mic input and stuff like that. So like it's not out of the realm of possibility for like patches to come out. Oh, and that's the other thing is there's a lot of ROM hacks out there for DS games that will sort out the touchscreen situations on a lot of games. Like for for instance, like the three Castlevania games on DS are like must have Castlevania games. But the first one, Dawn of Sorrow, was the first one to come out on DS when it was new. And it made heavy use of the touchscreen just in very gimmicky ways. Mm -hmm. Like you draw the um, the spell, you know, symbol or whatever. It was like really dumb. Um, and then there were certain blocks in the game you could only break by using the touchscreen. Yeah, and, see, so this know, says use the no stylus patch for that. Yeah. And so if you go to ROM hacking, it's actually really easy to patch your own ROM with a no touchscreen version, um, which is what I ended up doing. And so... Um, then you can play through that game like a more regular Castlevania game. The next two ones, the next two, two Castlevanias that came out after that didn't have all the gimmicky stuff. So I think they're pretty good to go anyway. Um, but anyway, so I um, I think I told you I was like reasonably pleased with the DS performance, but not blown away by it. Like it is yeah, not, yeah. it's not right. really a system that was designed for this. So it's impressive that it runs at all. And it runs very well, but you do notice like it's not, there's a lot of frame skipping and stuff like that so if you really want a super smooth experience like this isn't going to be it but i think it's good enough especially for like turn-based games or if you wanted to play all the pokemon games on ds or something um you're gonna have a good time i think doing stuff like that um faster paced games maybe not so much but it's rad that it works the features are really good in the emulator itself with all the hotkeys and stuff um you can pick from a, a million different like screen layout orientations yeah, yeah. and stuff too which is cool um so overall it's like a nice thing to have and it'll probably allow me to play through some ds games that i probably would have had to play on my actual ds or emulate on the steam deck or something so um which i you know a lot of those games like in a lot of ways the ds really felt like a game boy advance plus right like it just yes. had that second screen but like i feel like even though it had a lot of 3d games on it it was very much more like a extra beefy game boy advance um and so it kind of feels right that it works as well as it does too on the Miu. Um, I feel like I would rather play a DS game there unless it needs touchscreen or something like that. I'd probably do Steam Deck, but like I, I, there's a lot of games I appreciate being able to play on the little Miu as opposed to loading up on a Steam Deck or something. But um, yeah, the better than the DS is the Pico 8 stuff because um oh yeah that that's that was my favorite part like the dude I, I this might as well be you might as well package this thing as a pico 8 player or something like that yeah. because if that's all you had on this it would be a rad system you know what i mean um there are so many good pico 8 games and the being able to browse them online um is the the missing link to making this like something that i care about right like because i had searched for certain games or i'd come across a cool pico 8 game that somebody posted on twitter or something and then i would go and like download the it's like they come in jpeg form or png form or something they're like it's like a weird picture file basically that's a game and um you know i would like try and track down how to like download them and and load them onto a folder or whatever and so i think i had like six or seven games on there already that I was using with the Pico 8 um, support that was built in before. But that was like required you to load your own games on or whatever. 
and it's not the easiest thing to like find and save and make sure you have the right file and stuff like that. And maybe I'm just a moron, but I, I had a hard time where sometimes I'd come across. I, no, it was, a, it was a lot of fucking around. Like, yeah, yeah I, I didn't mess with it very much as a result. And so this way you basically launch peak away and then you instantly can go into a browser with sort of like a revolving menu of like, um, featured games which is basically where like the cream of the crop is you can yeah go sort by like newest games so just brand new stuff that's on there you can just kind of cruise through and anything that looks cool you just check out um and then you have your own like playlist uh, uh favorites list or whatever um and then you have like the stuff in your library or whatever and so it's very simple to hop in and out of a game no fuss no muss like you just hop in you start playing it see if it's cool you like it the easiest way I found is just to heart it and make it a, a favorite. And yeah. then you can go back and it'll get saved your favorites list and then you can find it again. And so it's like really fun to go through the whole library and just find stuff, try everything, find something cool. Um, and there's just so many good games. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it um, reminds me of like the, the glory days of like iPhone gaming where it was like, you yeah. just had this like avalanche yes. of like really cool, weird little concepts that, yeah, you know, you might might mess around with for ten or fifteen minutes and move on to the next one or whatever, and that's yeah, very, and very or some that seem like be, even beefier, like full games mm -hmm. or whatever. But yeah, very much like a um sort of like a uh, just checking things out for a few minutes here and there, and and hopping in and out of different games. Yeah, very much like the early iPhone days, where it's just like tons of like cool things. Um, yeah, the Pico Eight scene is is amazing, but this browser. The built-in browser to, to search out games is like what was missing for me. Mm -hmm. um, so now that's like kind of all I want to pull my, my <clears throat> mini out for is to check out. Yeah, I mean, because you could do it before, but it was like just a lot of messing around with like itch.io yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which I don't know. I have a pretty low tolerance for that amount of messing around. Yeah, me too. Um, so anyway, super cool. If you haven't updated your MiU to 4.3, I would go ahead and do it. I haven't heard of any problems or anything with the updates um, you do well so super smooth I, for me i haven't set up I, i'm on whatever the last beta is or whatever like uh -huh. so how do they yeah. did they make the um the setup of the pico 8 stuff any more graceful because like that was sort of the only oh, kind of goofy um, thing for me was you had to like download the crap off like your itch.io bundle and yeah you had to like put like two files in a specific folder yeah. or something like that you do have um, to do that now and um, because you have to have a paid version of Pico 8, which um, it's 15 bucks, I think. But mo like we've mentioned before, most people probably bought the racial equality bundle from itch yeah, like, like any years of these ago. charity bundles. It's it's been in. Yeah, it's, it's been in a million bundles. There's chances are you might have it. I had to go to itch and log into my account and download. Um, you download the Raspberry Pi version of Pico 8 and then you get the couple files from that. And so, yeah, it did require me to take my memory card out and put it in my computer and do some stuff but i had to do okay. i was putting the india the ds games on there anyway oh, so sure yeah um but yeah mm -hmm. i did all that at once but once i figured it out it was very easy it's just dragging those files really um it is kind of confusing though because so the pico 8 that you want um on the miu there's like the game section and those are all the officially approved like emulators um like when you go through the first setup and you're you're checking the boxes of what you want to add to your system, what you don't mm -hmm. like, I want NES, I want SNES, I don't want Commodore, Commodore 64, whatever. Um, there's a peak away option in there that was the old version um, that you don't, that's not the one you want now. The one you want now is actually in um, expert mode, not the regular games mode. 
And so you go into expert menu, which is like you tab over with R, I think when you're doing the setup and it'll tell you what expert apps you want to add. And that's where like, you can add different versions of a lot of like MAME, a lot of like arcade emulators. If you want to try, if you have games that don't work on the stock ones, you want to try mm -hmm. these experimental ones or whatever. I have the Atari Jaguar on there for some reason, even though it sucks. Um, and then, uh, yeah, whatever. So there's, there's Pico eight. There's like, what's it called? Faco eight or something like that. Fake eight. You don't want that one. You want the other one. Um, and you add that to your system and that's where it'll produce the folder that you got to drag your files to or whatever. But you can just watch like the retro game corp video. Yeah, I feel his, like I just his, like watched yeah. a video and did it. It's, exactly it's what not that hard to get set up at all, but I didn't do that at first. And so I went in and I was like, what it's, you know, it wasn't loading anything. And I was like, I don't get it. And then I was like, oh yeah, you got to add the actual paid files. So anyway, but yeah, super great update. Super happy with that. And been spending a lot of time playing the Miu. Um, also, because I finally got back into my Circle of the Moon game. Oh. Um, I got stuck at a super hard boss and mm. was finally like, um, how do I beat this idiot? Like, I'm tired of trying like 50 times in a row and I'm just not getting anywhere. And so I, I had to look it up and it was basically like, I guess I didn't remember this about this game, but you can get the boomerang like once and if, and that's it in like one spot in the castle, you can get the boomerang. And um that is like key to making all the boss fights like easy mode and so really? I, I was like that. oh damn it because i stick with the axe i'm like an axe fan um and so anytime i'd, I'd get something different like i generally would have the axe on me um so once i read like hey if you have the boomerang this fight's trivial if you don't it's pretty tough i was like okay i'm gonna go search out the boomerang so i had to go of course it was like on the opposite side of the castle so i had to go through everything go back all the way to where the boomerang is and get it um, and now that I have it, I'm like not letting it go. And you got to be really careful. You don't accidentally pick up another one and like lose it or something. But, but you can go back um, to that spot and get it again. You could. Far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You could go back. Um, and I mean, it's not the end of the world because you're fighting along the way and you're leveling up still and you're finding cards or whatever. So um, so I got the boomerang and I went back to the boss and I beat him and like it, it was <laughs> 10 seconds. It just it just you throw your boomerang and it just hovers on him and just does damage, 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 damage. And then. That was it. I was like, oh my God. I probably spent like two hours trying that fight over and over and over. And yeah, that was how easy it was. So, but that anyway, that got me. Well. Once I got over that hump, I've, I've been back into trying to beat that. And then um, I'd like to go through the other two Castlevanias on, on GBA and then move into the DS trilogy because now that they're on there, I just have myself a big old Castlevania party. Um, you do so the anyway, same with Metro, Metroid games too. I mean, fuck the Game Boy Advance Metroid yeah. games. Are so goddamn good. Yeah, I recently, well, I don't know how recently, it's probably a year ago, but I, I did Fusion and Zero. Um, and damn, they're so fun, except that last level in Zero sucks. The one they like added that's not part of the original game. Um, it's like you have to um, I remember. Or, escape. No, actually, yeah, I yeah, know you, about, yeah. Escape with the countdown timer, whatever. I don't know. But um, yeah, those are such flawless games. Fusion especially is is so good. Um, yeah, truly, so anyway, truly outstanding. Playing a lot of Ryu is what I'm getting at. Um, so we're running up against uh, time, sort of. And um, we got four emails this week. So would you like to read emails now? Yeah, sure. Unless um, you care at all about Warzone Mobile. I think that'll be interesting to... Oh, yeah, let's talk about that because it's a pretty big deal. Announced, um, um, I think it's coming out in a few weeks, right? March 21st, uh, I think was yeah. the date. I don't yeah, know. I wrote the story. I should probably know that. 
Um, I'm gonna be really interested to see how this how this does because like the Call of yeah. Duty stuff on <laughs> mobile has been like surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was a so, really big fan of Call of Duty Mobile when it first came out in 20 God, what was that? 2018 or something? Um and I played it pretty faithfully for like several months. Um, and then just got distracted with something else and then went back and was felt kind of like overwhelmed. And it was still like fun to just pop in and and play. But um, I just felt like very left behind with like the amount of stuff I missed in terms of yeah. like, you know, limited events and blah, 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 all that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, the content treadmill in that game was like nothing yeah. I've ever seen before. You know? Well, what I think is cool, what they're doing with this one, um, which they go over into in more detail in the blog post that I linked in, in our story about it. But um they talk about exactly how the cross progression works. And that's something we've been asking for ever since Call of Duty was anything on mobile. So um, if you play Warzone or you play Modern Warzone regular or you play Modern Warfare 3, um, you're able to carry over a lot of progress between all those accounts with the mobile version of Warzone, um, which I think will be good incentive for people to play on mobile when they can, um, if they're really hardcore into the other games or whatever. But it just makes sense to have kind of like one cross login for games like this. Oh wow, yeah, I'm su I'm surprised by this. I, I I wasn't really paying too much attention to how all this stuff worked, but um, yeah, wow, leveling up your guns and just having it sync yeah. across like all the different stuff. I mean, that's pretty cool. Well, it sucks because like that was another thing about Call of Duty Mobile that I liked and simultaneously disliked was how crazy the like customization was for all your weapons and all the different mm -hmm. skins, and then leveling them all up. And it was like fun, but it also got like overwhelming where if I had to, if I was like a hardcore console player or something and had done a bunch of that stuff and then I picked up the mobile game, I was like, oh, I got to like do it all again. <laughs> like, I don't know that I would want to, but yeah. if you could level stuff up and take them between games, that is a lot cooler, I would say. So anyway. Yeah, this is this is surprising <laughs> that they went this far as far as um, kind of like the shared battle pass. Mm -hmm. progress and weapons and all that kind of stuff but, i mean even the lobbies look the same really because that was uh, always my my complaint with the original call of duty mobile was i was like you know this is really cool but like all my friends yeah. play on pc right so it's like yeah. um if i could like play on the go and somehow like progress my shit on the pc like that would be interesting but i'm not gonna like get invested in yeah. you know, like this separate mobile fork but this is actually yeah. pretty cool i would surprised how far they went with well i think stuff. um we've i think we've said this before i don't think they were as prepared for how popular cod mobile was no, um I don't and then so i don't think you know i don't think they really had like a 10 year long-term plan mapped out or anything like that like probably a few years ahead or something but you know not taking into account all the other games and stuff like that like this feels like a base level kick off for something that's <clears throat> going to go on for years and years and years between all yeah. the games all the platforms yeah so um you'll be playing this this version of warzone for years and years to come with all the same progress along with whatever new console games come out and updates for the warzone proper and stuff like that so but you um, can't you can't play cross-platform right like that's you like mobile people play no. with mobile people and yeah i think so okay. i haven't seen that's, that's kind of what it seems like but yeah which makes sense because like Fortnite, you could do that, right? Um, yeah. You could play and you had to choose. Well, I mean, that, I thought that was a, a very cool, unique feature of Fortnite where it was like, 
you know, if you were over at your friend's house, like conceivably yeah. you could be playing on your iPad with a controller and they'd be on their Xbox yeah. and it didn't matter. Like I thought that was. Extreme. Well, I think it was cool. If you're going to do something like that, the way they had like different lobbies where it was like, I'm mo I want to play mobile only people, or you want to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. I'll play everybody. I don't care that I'm on a touchscreen or whatever. Um, and like nowadays, like there's kids on the touchscreen that would murder people with controllers and whatever. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, if if you have that option, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But if you make it so that mobile people just get tossed out in there willy nilly, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, I guess it's. But a also keeping map. it separate, like it sounds like there's going to be slightly different um, maps available for everything yeah, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but I think it's cool. Like if you're away from your console or PC or whatever, and you want to get your COD on, like it's nice to. Um, know that you could like level up and make progress that you'll carry over later on if you're playing on your phone. Yeah, I'd be interested to see like what kind of modifications they've made to the map and just like the overall gameplay cadence, because yeah. like a, a game of Warzone can take, I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour, something like that, which yeah. is like not conducive to yeah like mobile play. And they're, they're saying this is 120 players. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know, like I could go either way on that. Like they, they could just totally over index on like, Hey man, this is Warzone. It takes a half hour to play. This is the real deal. No bullshit yeah. on the phone. Or like, hey, this is like mini Warzone. It takes 10 minutes to play through a game. Like this is, you know. I think that's another case of like um have give people the option. Be like, hey, play yeah. full blown. Well, mode, they do have the like smaller map. Mode. Yeah. So, you know, there's yeah. something there's something there with that. So as somebody who I don't play Warzone on, on console or PC at all. Um, and I don't play Modern Warfare 3 either. I'm playing Call of Duty on console for years. So I don't know anything that's going on with anything. So like this will be my Call of Duty experience when this comes out. Oh, and I, well. I check it out, you know. I mean, um, the Verdansk map is was like the favorite one of Warzone players. So mm -hmm. it's a yeah, good way to good way to yeah. jump in. Jump in literally. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. March 21st, this is finally going global. It's out in a lot of places already. So um, I'm sure a lot of those questions we have have been answered by somebody who's in, in one of the soft yeah. launches regions or whatever if you want to go look up videos and stuff like that but for me i've been just like eh, i'll play when it comes out um but yeah that's only a few weeks away so that's pretty cool but anyway yeah. um <laughs> let me get on to these emails thank you those who emailed in today i was like four emails that's so many um okay this one comes on from comes in from glenn who says uh Power Wash and Tesla. So nothing about iOS gaming, but then I generally prefer everything else on your podcast anyway. <laughs> wow. How about that? <laughs> I meant to write when Jared first mentioned playing Power Wash. I have over 70 hours in the game and find it great for listening to podcasts. I'm not a big multitasker, but it's incredibly easy to watch things while being very focused on what's being said on the podcast. Um, what's interesting is that I later associate things I've listened to with par particular projects I've cleaned in Power Wash. For example, I was cleaning a large ship while listening to Ukraine, the latest discussing uh, Prigozhin's march on Moscow, having recently celebrated my 71st birthday. Wow. Happy birthday, Glenn. 71. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I find it very useful to have image anchors to keep things sorted. I hope you, Jared, are continuing to enjoy the game. Um, I am. Man. Same. Did you see the, the DLC or whatever that they've got coming for the Warhammer Power Wash stuff? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That the crossovers awesome. of this game are bananas. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I there's something that it that game does to my brain that is like it. It feels like it was made for me. 
Um, just like nothing clears my head better. And I could, I could totally get with how he listens to podcasts while, while doing playing this game too, because you don't have to focus on it. It's very menial work. Um, but it's very satisfying to like clean, clean that dirt off. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have 70 hours or anything, but I have, <sighs> see, I didn't, playing. I didn't realize they had all these different packs in there. Like they had the Tomb Raider oh, pack, so the Midgar special pack, so the SpongeBob many. pack, yeah. back to the future, yeah. Santa's workshop, Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure if I have any of that DLC or not. I haven't I haven't made through the regular game yet. So um, but yeah, love love playing that. Um and then uh turning over to you, Eli. Oh. When Eli got his Tesla, my son was leaving a Hon was leasing a Hyundai Kona EV. I actually wrote to you about that experience. Oh. That lease ends in July, so we've been considering our options. We first planned to simply buy the Kona, but one issue we always struggled with is its charge rate. The range was fine, but if we took a trip that required charging along the way, it took forever. Tesla's oh, yeah. and the supercharger network was always Nirvana. Yeah, when Hertz deal. decided to sell all their Teslas, we figured it was worth investigating. If we could find one for under $25,000, we could get a $4,000 federal rebate. Long story short, looking at used Teslas at a Hertz used car facility is not a premium shopping experience. <laughs> they didn't have the cars advertised online. Most of the cars had 40,000 plus miles and the warranty expires at 50. Um, one of the cars that did interest us was sitting at zero charge and nothing for under $25,000 was worth the $4,000 credit. Yeah. Um, we returned from the two-hour drive disappointed but mm -hmm. content to keep the Kona. Then Tesla had their February sale on the Model Y. A week later, we have a brand new stealth gray Model Y sitting in our driveway. No that's title cool. and no temp plates, but that's another story. Oh, um, yeah. They they won't get you those forever. It's crazy. Really? Uh, truly insane. <laughs> Between the $1,000 off from Tesla, the $7,500 credit from the feds, and $2,000 from Maine, I think the car will end up costing us $33,000. Yeah, the Kona awesome. buyout would have been $25,000. So for eight grand, we get a brand new Tesla and access to the best charging network in the country. Damn, you worked it. Glenn. That's cool. That was uh yeah. Yeah, I bought my there. stupid car like before they started doing all that stuff. I paid like maximum yeah. price for it, but hey, whatever, it's fine. That's a Eli thing. After yeah. you bought yours, everyone got the discount. I know. That's, uh... I know. I know. <laughs> um... I did that for everyone. That's cool though. <laughs> yeah, my so... um <clears throat> my grandma bought a uh enterprise uh mm -hmm. rental car. Yeah. And it was um you know, it seemed like a good price. I, I don't know. I think you probably dodged a bullet not buying one of the, the, uh, uh, yeah. the fleet cars because like it was it was bizarre because she bought the car and it had I don't remember how many miles on it, you know, a low amount of miles for, yeah. you know, the price and everything else that they were offering. But it was like she kept running into these issues where she would have like old car problems. Mm. on like a newer car because like maybe somebody dicked just... with the odometer or something <clears throat> well no i think it's more just like people when they rent a car they don't give a shit you know so yeah. it was like it was like oh you're replacing your brakes like weirdly early and like oh your suspension is shot like strangely soon and like yeah all this other for stuff all the like rental that. people that don't slow down on speed bumps or hit the brakes yeah fierce... just launch Stop over light. speed bumps and everything else like that like <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i don't know it's uh as a result, I don't know if it's different now, but I mean, like it was, it was surprising the issues that she had with that car. That's funny. Um, so closing out, uh, Glenn says, Eli, I hope you're feeling better. Jared, I'm glad your friend is recovering well from spinal meningitis. Keep up the podcasting for as long as you continue enjoying it. You have accompanied me on my walks for 10 years now. Wow. I miss you guys when you need to skip a week or two, but fully understand his life can be challenging. Peace, Glenn. Oh, thank you, Glenn. It always seems it's still I always say this, but it feels weird hearing people say stuff like that where it's like, yeah. oh, man, I've been listening to you for 10 years. It's like, what the f 
get a life, man. Why <laughs> wasting your life? Um, thank you, Glenn, for sending that in. Uh, funny experience with the carbine there. Yeah. Um, okay. This comes in from MDK. This sounds like hacker alias to me. Says, hello. I recently read the book after Steve, and I don't know if you've read it yet, but it was very interesting as it shows Apple's changes to the Kim Cook, Tim Cook era. You recently talk about the Apple Watch strategy shift, and the book also goes into a lot of detail about how that happened internally from a fashion item to a health tracker. If you have time to read or listen, then I recommend it. Um, also, don't worry about talking too much about Apple Vision Pro. It is a very interesting topic and clearly clearly has a lot of potential for games. I hope the games do go somewhere, though. As you know, the Apple Watch people always thought there was lots of potential. And when it released, we all thought about the cool games when I play on it. And it ended up going nowhere and no one plays games on their watch. Obviously, yeah. the small screen was a problem, but I hope that Vision mm -hmm. Pro doesn't end up that way where no one buys or makes games for it. Uh, thanks, as always, for the podcast. And if you have any book recommendations, please let us know. I read the one Eli recommended about how to invent anything, and it was very interesting. Oh yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> hmm. Ryan Ryan North, right? Is the author of that? I think. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I haven't read his book, but uh, it's outstanding. Uh, how to invent everything by Ryan North. He also has um, uh, a book about how to take over the world. I think that's been on my yeah. list of uh, things mm -hmm. to things to read. I don't know. I've been I'm I'm like a deep fiction rabbit hole. Like I just reread Dune for the the movie that's getting ready for the movie we're gonna see it tomorrow uh oh. as i was buying tickets for a matinee show that was 52 dollars, i always found oh myself my wondering like hmm i wonder why no one goes to the movies anymore right <laughs> that's uh but no i've heard i've heard after steve is good i just like i don't know it's hard like non-fiction stuff doesn't really keep my attention like i have yeah. this whole list of all kinds of nonfiction books that have come strongly recommended to me by friends. And I just like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I would listen to the audiobook and then would rather be listening to a podcast when I get into that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I don't yeah. know. I just, yeah. But my brain yeah. is broken. So I'm a bad person to. Um, You're just a bad person in general. Yeah. Um, thank you. MDK for sending that in. Um, this one comes from hacker alias shoes who is a frequent emailer to our show. Um, this one says, Hey guys, last year I went all in on VR and the quest was my gaming platform of choice. Having played 120 different VR games and also blogging about them kind of burned me out on VR and got me looking at other gaming options. Earlier this month, I read an article about how Epic games gave out over $2,000 worth of games in 2023. I realized that I've been downloading their free games from them since they started that program, but never did anything with them. I decided to return to flat screen gaming and have spent the last few days going through my Epic Games library. I'm sorting the games into different categories of what to play, what I can and cannot run on my current system, and reading reviews of games that look interesting to see if they're worth my time. I have a total of 380 games and have purchased exactly one game from Epic, Disco Elysium, which was on sale. Um, my question is, do you guys download free, quote-unquote, free games from services like Epic, PlayStation Plus, or GOG, and do you ever get around to playing them? Have a good one. Shoes. Um, yeah, I was I was really diligent on that for a while. And I was just kind of like, man, I've never launched a single one of these. And it's like, yeah, it, the, what what was kind of it was an interesting realization where it was like, I remember I like missed one and was yeah. like so upset. Yeah, that it was yeah. like, I mean, not like, so, but just like irrationally angry at yeah. myself for like missing like the free game. And I was like, I have not played a single fucking one of these. Like, why do I care? Well, I haven't. Um. I haven't done it and I haven't checked on the Epic Game Store in so long. 
but I was like you for when they first started that program, every, every free game I was downloading making sure I did it. And if I missed one, I'd feel bummed out too, but they also made it hard. Cause they'd be like, there'd be like a, you know, their featured section would be like, here's the free game. And then it would be like, Oh, unlocking on Thursday is these two mystery games or whatever. And you'd be like, Oh my God, like, what's that going to be? I have to come back and find out what it's going to be. And to their credit, they have a lot of those free games have been bangers. So like, you know, um, I, I think the thing that made me stop doing it was getting a Steam Deck because I was like, A, it was just a hassle to try and get an Epic Game Store game working on the Steam, even though it's like possible and probably a lot easier now. But when Steam first came out, I was just like, I only want games on Steam. Like, I don't care about these other stores at all um, because I just don't feel like the going doing the runaround to get them installed and playing right or whatever, Um which I actually did. I think Tony Hawk, which was Epic Games exclusive for a long time, the one and two remake. Um, I bought that on Epic Games Store because I wanted that game so bad and figured out a way to get it running on Steam Deck. And um, the performance was like super whatevs. And so when that game came out on Steam, I instantly bought it again. And the performance is amazing. So it's like part of it was that it had to run through the Epic Games launcher and all that BS. Mm. But yeah, see, I haven't messed with any of that stuff. I'm just like, I don't yeah. care. I, I nowadays I just care about Steam stuff. And same with the GOG. Like I always get emails where it's like, oh, we're doing a giveaway. And like a lot of times I'll like maybe I'll look at it and it's like one button. Both of them are like you click a button and it adds to your account. So it's sort of like, why not? Maybe a rainy day I'll want all these free games, or whatever. But I yeah, I very rarely played them. And um even beyond free, now I'm starting to move into I get um emails from like Fanatical and some of the other like third party gaming stores um when that do all the bundles or like Humble Bundle or whatever. I get all those emails and every time they come out with a new bundle, I'm always like, Oh, awesome. And like in reality, it's amazing. Like a lot of times you can get like 10 games for 10 bucks or whatever. Um, but I'm just like filling my library up and not playing very many of those games at all. And so those aren't even free, even though they're like darn near free um i'm just finding like i'd rather play the games i have right now than like stockpile more and more yeah. games because what i've learned is that games will always go on sale right like you might see a game on your wish list and it's really cheap and you're like oh but very rarely will that game not be on sale for that cheap again down the road and down the road it might be a better time for you to actually play it than for it to just sit there in your library um so i've been trying to stop myself from going crazy on buying like cheap bundles and free games and stuff like that um because i it's it makes it harder to decide what to play the more games you have more money more problems is the same for yeah. games yeah. um so anyway but yeah it's funny because i was very diligent about that for mm -hmm. a couple of years probably and um i think it was the steam deck that made me stop caring about the epic game store altogether <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm on the exact same page with that, where it was like, as soon as the Steam Deck came out, like, and the Steam syncing stuff, like, it's yeah, just so good yeah, that I don't, yeah, I don't, I, that. I was like actively rebuying things, yeah, on I do, Steam yeah. sales that I have for free on Epic just because like, I prefer the Steam <laughs> ecosystem, yeah, totally, which is pretty goofy. Uh, um, it is, but that's we're weirdos. Um, <clears> but actually, I, I like two, this, I have, mm -hmm. I have two nonfiction book wrecks. Uh, oh, that I pulled out of my Kindle library. So, the uh, world without the world without us is mm -hmm. um, that's um, published two thousand seven. It's a book mm -hmm. about like different um, infrastructure and the kind of footprint of humanity and how quickly it would go away in a situation where like humans just up and vanished one day. Mm -hmm. um, like you don't realize how. Um, 
how temperamental a lot of these things are that uh that we just kind of like take for granted and think of like as these like you know monolithic structures that will be there forever like the pyramids right like so yeah one of the one of the things they get into pretty early in the uh in the book is talking about how like new york city exists because uh a vast network of pumping stations are pumping water out of the subways constantly yeah <laughs> uh if those if those if humanity vanished and the yeah. uh, power backup that kept those pumps going fails yeah. subways filled with water uh all the soil gets unstabilized as a result and the buildings basically just like fall down on themselves it's, yeah and there's still a lot of stuff like that oh, that's, that's just like really interesting yeah. um another book that i thought was really good is a book called why we buy this is mm -hmm. probably a little out of date now because it kind of focused a lot on like physical retail, but yeah. um, they they uh, they spend a lot of time analyzing the way that uh, like retail department stores and, and things like that are deliberately set up to make you buy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of crazy when you read it, like how many things that are are like, oh, yeah, this, you know, doing this this way, increase sales 10 percent. And like, you yeah. know, you. you you're like, oh shit, like that totally that worked makes sense. on me. Like uh, yeah. it worked on me kind of thing. Like <laughs> like that kind of yeah. stuff, you know. So so two yeah. two good nonfiction books I'd recommend. Putting the milk in the back of the grocery store, man. Gotta yeah, walk through the whole stuff store. Like to get that. It. Yeah. I mean, like that's pumping that's, out fresh baked bread in the front of the store. That's all yeah, all the kind of stuff that's that's in this book. And you're just like, oh, yeah. damn it. Like that works on me. <laughs> We're so easily manipulated. Um, well, there's two book recommendations. I was gonna mention um that's a really good idea of something to do it, taking all your Epic games that you got for free and trying to sort through them and play through them or whatever. That would be a good like YouTube series or like a blog oh, yeah. or something like, like you should talk about that. Um, how your experience goes and like what you think of the games that you end up playing and which ones you beat and which ones you don't or whatever. But that's just like a rad like section of your library. It's like, these are just Epic free games that I want to go through and see if any of them are even good or whatever. Um, yeah. I like that idea. So thanks again to shoes for the email. Um, and then our final uh, email kicks off our newest segment, Connor's corner. Um, this comes from Connor at Seafoam gaming, who has emailed every show for the last three or four weeks. I think um, says hi again, yet again, I'd ask and do a long letter, but being busy and anxious about the world again has made me unable to. So I'll just give a small snippet of the unfamiliar to internet streaming saga. My grandma has gone through. I mentioned she got Peacock to watch college football, and she still does that. However, there was a game not on Peacock or TV, and my aunt suggested she try to find clips or replays of the game on YouTube. Cue my grandma calling me and hassling me to get her to quote-unquote cancel YouTube because she can't find the game. Then I see instead of downloading the YouTube app on Heroku, she downloaded the YouTube TV app and did oh, a free trial. Yeah. <laughs> Cue a giant face bump from me. We got it canceled and she just gave up with that game. But this college sports exclusivity battle is tiring. <laughs> Sincerely. It's not just college game. sports. It's like, no, it's like all now. sports. Yeah. It's awful. I, um, I did, uh, cause the sharks do, it used to be, I think it was one game a season was a ESPN plus exclusive or something like that. And it's like, when it was just that one game, it was like, Oh, that sucks. But like, whatever, I'll skip it. Yeah. Um, and then or it go, started go to be watch like, it at Buffalo wild Wings yeah, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, and so now it's like, um, I don't know, it's a handful of games. It's like three or four or something like that. And probably more if you're like a good team or more a bigger market than the Sharks are. Um, because uh, I did, there was one year 
where the two ESPN plus games fell within the same month. And mm. so I was like, Oh, I'm going to do my one, th- one month free trial and I'll be able to watch both those games. So I burned through my, through my free trial already. And so now, but now there's like three or four games on and there was one week, a, a, a while back where both games during the week were both ESPN plus games. And, um, I think I had to go like a week and a half without being able to watch a Sharks game because they were on the stupid ESPN. So um, that's annoying. I don't know. If ESPN Plus was like five bucks a month, I probably, they probably would have got me, right? But it's like 14 or something. And I'm just like, yeah. don't care that much. Um, well, even if you spring for come... one of these like more expensive ones, like if you get like Dish Network or something like that, you're still going to deal with wacky blackouts and exclusives. and Yeah. We're just reinventing the cable wheel with all this. It's worse. It's arguably worse. It is worse. Yeah. Um, Because I don't don't remember what the what game was a Peacock exclusive, but it was like the amount of people that were pestering me about that. that They're like like friends and family and stuff that just like don't know how, you know, like the Internet works or whatever. Like I want to watch. I think it was the Rose Bowl this year, wasn't it? Or the Purdue game or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like some some big like like Mm -hmm. you don't want to miss this game game, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, dude, it was like the amount of fucking text messages and shit like that where I was like, just getting people being like, what's Peacock? Do I need, can I watch it? Is there a way I can watch this without this Peacock thing? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, nope, sorry. It's, uh... That's how they get you. I um, I cannot wait for just a, a day where it's like, subscribe to your team. It's 10 bucks a month. or you mm-hmm. know, And it's just all your team's games, no matter where they are, whatever. Yeah. Um, There's no weird blackouts. There's no weird regional restrictions. There's no nothing. Because I'd be like, cool. That's all I want to watch is my team. Yeah. In my no, life. It, it, the, the killer thing no about like with that. MLB TV and stuff is like it's amazing for people if you don't live in your home city anymore mm-hmm. because they black out all the local games. So it's like, why would I? I probably would have subscribed to like MLB TV for 150 bucks a year or whatever it is. I probably would have done that every year. Um, I mean, but you could probably you fuck around with like a VPN or something like that, but they I might be smart enough about to. that now. And I feel like when you're streaming something, you don't want to degrade the, the yeah. you know, send your signal to freaking wherever well, back. Have you have you ever messed with the uh, pirate sports streams or whatever the fuck? Oh, right, I've I have watched games when I didn't have any cable or any TV. Um, I would go on Reddit and find somebody that was like streaming yeah. a Giants game or something like that. <laughs> holy awful. God. Just a Dude, truly, it is a like billion, a billion like pop up windows. And like, yeah. <laughs> a comically awful experience. How did, like it, how did I not get like 10 viruses um, from doing stuff like that? So, yeah. Ours, like, so I don't remember what game it was that we wanted. To, it might have even been the whatever the fucking Peacock exclusive was. I don't remember where. I was like, no, you know what? Like, we'll just find some Reddit stream and just watch it with this. Yeah. And I'll airplay it from my computer out to the TV. No big deal. Uh-huh. Dude, that was like the worst, the worst watching oh, experience. I, because I'm it was sure. fart out like every five minutes. Like you would just out, get you'd to have the to point. reload the browser. Then and... you have to reload all the pop-ups. And then you have to close them all the pop-ups. And then the video quality is terrible too. So yeah. it's like uh yeah i could see that being a a not good thing um i don't know bring me back to the days of like the the black box the cable black box the the most reliable one that i found like had a chat thing going on it too yeah yeah it was like i could (laughs) not for the life of me turn off the noise for the chat because like anytime Uh, you click the button to mute it another pop-up would pop up oh my god dude I've like been just... there, man. That's why I I think that's what eventually made me break down and be like, okay, whatever it costs to get cable back or to stream YouTube TV yeah. or whatever, like I'll pay it because I can't do this anymore. Um, 
Yeah. Well, because to watch sports that like so we had we had a sling subscription for a while. And yeah. these motherfuckers, like the way that they they do this stuff, it's like so there's a few different channel packages, right? But yeah. no one package has everything that you want. So right. like regardless of what you enjoy watching, it's like you you have the hundred dollar a month one. Yeah. Right. And they get you in the door being like, oh man, doesn't it suck? Like uh, does, isn't cable expensive? Isn't the cable dumb? Like, well, just guess yeah. what? You can get on sling, it's 40 bucks. Yeah. And you get all the channels you want. And it's like, oh yeah, except uh, what if I want to watch the news or a sports yeah. game or yeah. anything that's not food network reruns? Well, guess yeah. what? You need yeah, the orange you need pack to pay and the blue what pack. You're paying for cable before. Sports plus and yeah. 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 It's so stupid. Hate that stuff. Uh okay. We got to uh wrap things up i got some wild kids running around i can hear them um so thank you guys for listening to this week's episode and once again thank you to our patrons for supporting us through patreon.com forward slash tetracade if you are not signed up to be a patreon supporter yet please consider doing so um i still need to look in and figure out what paid what a free supporter does a lot of people sign up and are free supporters but i don't, I don't know what you get for that so um i need to look into all that stuff anyway uh, also, you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through tetracade.com forward slash Amazon. Go buy several Appalachian Pros. Your fidget spinners. All the, yeah. <laughs> I should leave some affiliated links for the fidget spinner we talked about today. Um, and maybe some of those weird $400 tops you're talking about. Or whatever. Oh, God. Um, do, not bu- do not buy a premium top. <laughs> and uh, thanks again to everyone that emailed in. Um, if you want to email us, it's podcast at touchercade.com. Don't be shy. We like getting emails from people and it always leads to really good conversation. So uh, thanks again for that. And thanks again for listening to this week's episode. We will be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. See ya. 